0: Hey, welcome to Blue Wire. After you finish listening to this awesome Blue Wire podcast, make sure you check out the other pods in our Blue Wire family. Okay, I know, you're probably wondering how do I do that? Well, it's simple go to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and search Blue Wire. Ta da! They will all be there, so have fun listening. Welcome back to another edition of the Drive Board Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Reed. You can follow me on Twitter at jreedNFL. That's at J-R-E-I-D-N-F-L. You can also follow my work on cover1.net, also ClimbingThePocket.com. Today, we are continuing our State of the Franchise series, covering the Miami Dolphins, who have the 13th overall selection, the Atlanta Falcons, who have the 14th overall pick, And we'll conclude with the Washington Redskins, who have the 15th overall pick. Each team, they seem to kind of be in flux. They don't really have a direction of where they really want to go. And all of them had disappointing seasons last year. One of them had a coaching change. The Miami Dolphins bringing Brian Flores in after firing Adam Gase, who eventually moved on to the New York Jets. And I want to start right there. Because the Miami Dolphins, there seems to be a sense of that they are tanking. Chris Greer, the general manager, came out and said this week that There's no way that they are tanking, and they don't want to make it seem that way because they want to build this thing up the right way, and they are doing that from the ground up. Make no mistake about it. The Dolphins are wanting to build this thing from the ground up because they have a great understanding of the division that they're in. They're in the same division with the New England Patriots, and yes, I know they beat them off a heroic walk-off win last year, but let's just be realistic about it. They are nowhere close to competing with the New England Patriots consistently But the great thing about them is that they have the leeway to where they can wait this thing out and let that dynasty end. So in 2021 or 2022, whenever they write the ship, they will have this roster in place that they can now take over this division. And I know Buffalo, they're on the upswing, but we'll see exactly just what they do to build this roster up to eventually compete and maybe even exceed the Buffalo Bills. But overall, I like the ASC East and I like the way that it is trending. And you have to also factor in the New York Jets, who are also another team that is on the upswing with Sam Darnold fully entrenched there as the starter. And he already is signaling to be their franchise quarterback. They've remodeled their defense, bringing in C.J. Mosley and a host of other players as well, entrenched in the middle of that defense. So they're trying to build up their defense the right way. I think the Dolphins are kind of just laying back, laying in the weeds. They're kind of just kind of punting on next year, I think. And I know Chris Greer has already said maybe they will draft a quarterback this year or maybe even in 2020. But I just don't know if they may be in position to get that guy in. I know know the Bills did it last year. They traded up for the quarterback. They went up and got their guy. And maybe that's something that the Dolphins plan on doing. But I just think it would be wise to just go ahead and build up this defense. They have a defensive-minded head coach. So we know that they want to be strong on defense. And that has essentially already started. And Robert Quinn, they're looking to trade him right now. I know the Saints and the Cowboys have definitely been two teams that have been rumored landing spots. He has visited both. But we'll see exactly what does happen with the outcome with him. Ryan Tannehill has been shipped off to the Tennessee Titans. They got a fourth-round pick in return for that. So they're essentially starting from scratch, and they want to build this thing back up. And I think they have some good building blocks in place. And they lost a few players this year, already talking about Quinn and Tannehill. Juwan James has already exited to the Denver Broncos. But – on the defensive side, they definitely have some intriguing pieces in Micah Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard. So, I like the way their secondary is headed. In the middle of that defense, they have Raquan McMillan, Jerome Baker, two promising pieces in the middle. But the first level of the defense are where the struggles come. They don't really have anybody on that defensive line that makes that wows you or that can get after the quarterback. They haven't had an edge rusher in multiple years, and they just need to bring in that guy that can consistently get after the quarterback, especially being that in that division in the AFC East with a Josh Allen, who is an athletic quarterback that likes to run around and make plays. Sam Darnold is the exact same way, and then Tom Brady is Tom Brady. You have to get pressure on him to compete in this division. With the Miami Dolphins, they have to find a way to bring in an edge rusher. And at 13, they're going to have ample opportunities to do that because edge is a huge need for them. And it might be even more important than quarterback at this point because I think they're building this thing for the long-term future. They want to build up this defense and have this defense in place first before they want to bring in that franchise type of quarterback. And at the 13th selection, they're going to have their pick of the litter, whether that's a Rashawn Gary from Michigan, Cleveland Farrell from Clemson, or even a Montez Sweat mississippi state now i don't really expect sweat to fall that far because running a 4-4-1 just players with that type of stature and that type of speed rarely get out of the top 10 but adding montez sweat to this defense will be a fantastic addition talking about rashawn gary i know he's going to be a super polarizing prospect in this class but you talk about a guy that can play in a three down or four down defensive front which Really seems to be the way that Brian Flores really wants to build this thing up. He wants to make a mi- or he wants to have a mixture of both of the defenses in one, and he's going to go back and forth between the two. And with Rashawn Gary, he is the ultimate chess piece to where he really can play in both. So he maybe could be a pairing there. Also, Cleveland Farrell from Clemson, the ultimate type of locker room builder. Now he's much better in a four-down defensive front, even though he's shown to be able to stand up at times. But he plays much better with his hand in the dirt. So bringing Cleveland Farrell into this locker room could definitely be an option. Before we move on to the Atlanta Falcons who hold the 14th overall selection, here's a word from our sponsor. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated at getethos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives it only takes 10 minutes to apply and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family and in most cases with ethos you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees having life insurance can free you from stress getting life insurance shouldn't cause that Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in just minutes. Just go to ethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Again, that's E-T-H-O-S. Get ethos.com. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons, who hold the 14th overall selection, a team that was massively disappointing after a 7-9 and season last year. But they were massively bitten by the injury bug, just decimated by injuries, especially on their defense to some key cogs like Keanu Neal on the back end of their defense. Deion Jones in the middle of the second level of their defense was another injury that happened. So they were just decimated with these injuries and they started to pile up to where they just could not overcome some of the talent that they were missing or lacking on their defense because of these injuries. Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov seem to be a bit on the hot seat because Dan Quinn has really overhauled most of his staff to this point. So going into the new year, they have a bunch of new staff members on their team. So whenever a coach overturns a lot of members on their staff, it usually signals from upper management that there is a little bit of pressure on that coach's back. So we've seen that with Dan Quinn. They've signed a couple free agents, James Carpenter and Jermon Brown, just to name a couple. And that leads me to my first point, at guard. That may be a position that they still do need to address, and I think they still should address. Carpenter and Jamon Brown should not deter them from taking a guard early, whether that's a Jonah Williams at 14 or even a Cody Ford, or even if they want to trade back a couple spots and still take one of those two guys who could still be on the board potentially if they make it past the Giants at 17 or even the Vikings at 18. If the Falcons want to trade back maybe into the top of the 20s or even behind the Vikings at 19, maybe they still could trade back and still maybe get one of those two players. But it is a bit risky, and the old saying goes, if you want your guy, just go ahead and stay there and take him. And I think either one of Jonah Williams or Cody Ford would be really good plug-and-play type of options there. And now you're creating that competition in the middle between those three to to see who can start in the middle alongside Alex Mack at either one of those guard spots. But they have supreme issues on the interior of the offensive line, and it's something that needs to be addressed when they're trying to protect Matt Ryan. Another position that I think needs to be addressed is defensive tackle. They have some issues there. Yes, I know Deidre Sanat was a really good selection last year there in the third round. But I just think he's a B-plus level type of starter. And they need that transcendent A type of player opposite of Grady Jarrett so he can stay remained free, not taking on so many double teams. And maybe that's a guy like an Ed Oliver or even a Christian Wilkins. I think either one of those guys at 14 would present very fantastic value, especially Ed Oliver. Just imagine an explosive athlete like that opposite of Grady Jarrett. And maybe they want to keep that Clemson connection going With Christian Wilkins and Grady Jarrett, pair them two in the middle to form a formidable duo along the interior of Dan Quinn's defensive line. And another position that I think needs to be addressed is edge rusher. Vic Beasley just has not lived up to the expectations that the team had for him, taking him with their first overall selection 2015 draft. He just has not returned to that type of form. And there is some questions out there about him if he just can ever get back to that form that we saw during his earlier years. It just has not happened to this point. Tack McKinley looks like a hit to this point, the player they took in the 2017 draft in the first round. And another position that I think they would be wise to invest in is edge rusher. Vic Beasley just has not looked like the same player since his earlier years on his rookie contract where now that he's on his fifth year option, which surprised a lot of people that the team actually extended it because he just has not been that same player since his rookie season, where he collected so many sacks and just looked so explosive off of the edge, he just has not returned to that same form. They need to go ahead and bring in that viable option opposite of Tack McKinley to compete with Vic Beasley in hopes that that gives him some motivation to maybe get better or now they have that security blanket opposite of Tack McKinley once Vic Beasley does leave out the door in 2019. The last thing I want to discuss today is the Washington Redskins who hold the 15th overall selection a team that has not shied away from making splashy moves during the offseason, and that started right away this year with Landon Collins, signing him to a lucrative six-year, $84 million contract, and it continues the pipeline of what the Redskins have going with Crimson Tide players. They already have Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Ruben Foster, and a host of other Alabama players as well, and now Landon Collins is just the latest in a long line of lineage of Crimson Tide players to come into that Redskins locker room. And I think this defensive line and this defense as a whole is one of the more underrated units in the entire league. Matt Ioannidis, Ryan Kerrigan, they have so many of these underrated players. And now you bring in Landon Collins and even a Dominique Rogers comarty to supplant that on the back end of the defense. Now you're creating depth throughout this defense. Now, I think most of their holes are on the offensive side of the ball. Quarterback, left guard, receiver, tight end. I think those are their four biggest holes. I think all of their needs right now are on the offensive side of the ball. And yes, you could argue Edge, but I think all of those needs are a bit more dire than Edge. And I know they need to replace Preston Smith, but they have to find a way to give whoever the quarterback of the future may be some type of weapons. But for right now, they made a trade for Case Keenum, bringing him over from the Denver Broncos to compete with Colt McCoy to be their bridge or their quarterback for the now, while they bring in their quarterback of the future, whether that's at 15 or even down the road in 2020 or 2021, whatever they elect to do. Now, with that, at the 15th selection, I think they're probably out of range for getting any of the big three quarterbacks in Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, or even a Drew Locke, because I think some team is going to take him in the top 10. I think Drew Locke is going to end up being a top 10 pick. So if the Washington Redskins end up do wanting Drew Locke, they're going to have to end up trading for him somehow. And I'm just not sure if they're willing to do that. I think they may be more willing to sit back and wait. Now that they do have Case Keenum and Colt McCoy to compete, to be that quarterback of the right now. So there really isn't a whole bunch of pressure to trade up and maybe get their guy because they have the roster to compete. Right now, and I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs or anything like that, but They're not going to be a team that, looking up from a year from now, has a top 10 type of pick because I think they have so much talent on their defense, they're going to be able to string out some games, play some bully ball, and then play some tough, hard-nosed defense to win some low-scoring type of battles. So with that being said, if they want to have that type of mindset, I think they have to find a way to get a left guard, Chase Roulier and Trent Williams. They need somebody entrenched in between them, and yes, I know they brought Eric Flowers in, but... Everyone knows that he just hasn't been the player that a lot of people thought the Giants were going to get with that top 10 selection when they did take him a few years back. So with that in mind, and I know Eric Flowers is really excited to finally be coached by Bill Callahan. He thinks he's going to get the best out of him. But I just think it would be a massive mistake if they go into the year thinking that Eric Flowers could be their starter at left guard. So in my opinion, I think they would be wise to bring in a player like a Jonah Williams or even a Cody Ford. I don't think that's too early at all for Cody Ford at 15 because he's a plug-and-play type of option at that left guard spot. You talk about a position that he has been accustomed to playing in his earlier years with the Oklahoma Sooners. He's played there before, and there are some skeptics out there that saying he may not be athletic enough, to hold up outside on an island at tackle. So you slide him inside at guard, and now you're forming that Oklahoma connection with Trent Williams and Cody Ford. I think those two will just be just dominant beside each other. Keep an eye on that with Cody Ford at 15. Also, I think another option could be for them at receiver is A.J. Brown. Jameson Crowder's out the door to the New York Jets. He's went on about his way and got paid. So now you bring in a player like A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown would be a fantastic fit with this offense because you already have your roof stretcher and Paul Richardson who can be that down-the-field option as long as he stays healthy. And another receiver that needs to stay healthy is Josh Dotson. He can be that tall, rangy, go-get-it type of receiver on any type of surface on the field or any type of area on the field, and I just think he could be that type of option. But now you have your guy that can replace Crowder in those underneath areas and A.J. Brown who dominates between the hashes and under 15 yards, which is an area that the Redskins offense really does like to attack. They like to throw in that short to intermediate areas and really attack Those type of areas with Jay Gruden's quick, get the ball out of the quarterback's fingers very quick or get the ball out of the quarterback's hands very quick. I think A.J. Brown could be a viable option in the slot. And something that I love about A.J. Brown is his yards after the catch opportunities. He's a player that I've compared to Quincy Nunwa. They had very similar athletic profiles coming out and they win in very similar type of ways. So adding Cody Ford or A.J. Brown in with their first two selections, I think that would be a home run type of draft early on for the Redskins the Miami Dolphins Atlanta Falcons and Washington Redskins are really three teams that have a lot of needs but there's really no significant indication on which direction they're gonna go with those picks at 13 14 and 15 in the middle to the top part of the draft we'll see exactly what they do decide to do with those picks Miami has a plethora of needs but they seem to be a franchise that's really planning for the future as opposed to the right now Already shipping off Robert Quinn, which they plan to do in the future. Already shipping off Ryan Tannehill to the Tennessee Titans. So they seem to be collecting picks to make a future move. Now, whether that's moving up for their guy in this draft at quarterback, we'll see if that does hold true. The Atlanta Falcons, it's always tough to tell exactly what they're going to do. But they're always a team that really gravitates towards those uber talented or uber athletic type of athletes at various different spots I think they have a need at defensive tackle and there's some other areas that they could address as well specifically at guard James Carpenter and Jermon Brown are now in the building but that should not deter them away from taking a guard at the top especially in a class of offensive linemen that is seen as one of the best type of positional values throughout the entire class with the Washington Redskins who hold the 15th overall selection? They do have some holes in some various spots as well, and specifically at quarterback, Case Keenum and Colt McCoy are the quarterbacks of the now. They are not, to, they are not the long-term answer. Everyone knows that. So, it will be interesting to see if the Redskins do trade up to acquire their guy, or if they do sit back and try to address a position of need like edge rusher or tight end, and another team that has a need along the interior offensive line. My continuation of the State of the Franchise series will once again continue on Friday. I will dissect the Carolina Panthers, who hold the 16th overall pick, the Minnesota Vikings, who hold the 18th overall selection, and the Tennessee Titans, who hold the 19th overall selection. We've already reviewed the New York Giants, and they have recently acquired the 17th overall selection with the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, with him going now to Cleveland. We have already talked about the New York Giants, who hold also the 6th, overall selection but we will circle back to them at some point because they are definitely an interesting topic as well but just stand on subject with next week's teams under the microscope the panthers the vikings and the titans three teams that really could go a lot of directions the panthers have some needs along the offensive line The Vikings are another team that has some needs along the offensive line and the interior defensive line and the Tennessee Titans, a team that is really hard to predict to this point. But the arrow could be pointing to edge rusher or even a tight end if it is the best player available. On top of that, I will also get into my 2019 NFL Draft Guide, which I cannot wait to get out to you guys. It's something that I've been working on the past 12 months, just been grinding away with it. And it will finally be available for pre-order on Monday morning. And I will have more details about that. On Friday, so make sure you stay tuned to that. But with that being said, I just want to thank you guys once again for listening to the latest episode of the Draft Board Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Reed. You can follow me on Twitter at jreedNFL. That's at j. R E I D NFL. You can also find my work on cover1.net and also climbin'thepocket.com. I will see you guys again on Friday with the State of the Franchise series and also the big release and information about my 2019 NFL draft guide.